The world is spinning too fast. I'm fine that I get shoes to keep myself tethered to the days I try to lose. My mama said to slow down, you must make your own shoes. Stop dancing to the music I've got red is in a happy mood Keep my blues on And welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast, episode number 25. It's a Friday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Stalter. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday. What we do on our Friday podcast is we'll run through the Thursday night football games, get John's big takeaways from that. We'll also go through all the injury situations around the league that affects week seven. And then, of course, John hands out his sneaky starts. John Paulson now joins me, senior editor for 444.com. How are we doing today, JP? Uh, all things considered, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Anthony? Good, good. Got a Friday. Can't wait for the college and NFL slate, so should be a good weekend. Tell us about the music before we dive into the podcast today. Yes, this is a, a B-side. I, I said earlier in an earlier podcast that I was going to change up the music a little bit and start trying to dig up some uh, maybe underrated tracks by some bands that, that listeners might know. Uh, but this is Gorillaz. Uh, they had a huge hit uh, back in uh, 2005 called Feel Good, Inc. Yeah. Um, off their uh, Demon Days album. They also had uh, a couple other hits off that album. Uh, but back in 2001, uh, after they released Clint Eastwood, they released uh, 19-2000, which is a track off of their self-titled album, uh, Gorillaz. Uh, this was kind of a slower track, but then Soul Child did a remix of it and really sped up the tempo and made it one of the catchiest uh, tracks, I think, of the aughts. It's definitely one of my favorite tracks from the aughts. Um, you can find it on Spotify. Just type in the numbers that nineteen two thousand. Look for the Soul Child remix. I'll also put it on the uh, most accurate podcast playlist on Spotify. All right, John. Let's get into this Thursday night football game. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the ending was incredible with the multiple penalties. The Raiders were at the goal line consistently. Jared Cook, our Jared Cook, wound up coming on, coming down with the biggest play of the game. Sets us up at the goal line. You love you love Jared Cook here. On uh, the most accurate podcast, I again, I don't, I kind of don't know where to cover. I'll, I'll just throw a whole bunch of stuff at you, John. You tell me what your biggest takeaway was. Alex Smith, Derek Carr, huge games. Derek Carr, four hundred and seventeen yards, three touchdowns, no pick. Alex Smith, three touchdowns, no pick, picks three hundred and forty-two yards. Amari Cooper, uh, I feel bad. There was my buddy was he texted me before the game. He goes, should I stick with Amari Cook or not? I uh, Cooper, excuse me. Yes, stick with Amari Cooper. He benched him. He went off. Eleven catches, two hundred nineteen yards, and two touchdowns. What do you think? What did? What was your biggest takeaway here, John? All right. So you feel bad for your buddy because he benched him, even though you said to stick with him. Well, I right? mean, I, 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 I feel his <laughs> John. I feel his pain because he, Amari Cooper, he was killing fantasy owners, and finally he makes the decision to bench him, and then that's the game he goes off. But I guess serves him right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nineteen. he didn't listen to you, so he deserves whatever he got, in my opinion. <laughs> he should listen, always listen to Anthony Stalter. I appreciate uh, 19 tar- Yeah, 19 targets for Cooper. He did have a few drops. Uh, those continued, but they just kept peppering him with targets. I mean, 52 pass attempts for Carr. Um, and so Cooper came, came alive. I was disappointed in Michael Crabtree because I had him ranked seventh this week, and I was 
definitely sweating, you know, my rankings and my son was with me and I'm like, throw the ball to Crabtree. I tweeted on, uh, in all caps, throw the ball to Crabtree at the end of the game when they, uh, you know, he had the push off, you know, on the touchdown to get that call back, but he's their best red zone receiver by far. Uh, you know, Tony Romo's talking about how they're double covering Mari Cooper. Great. That means Crabtree's probably got single <laughs> coverage, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. So when he finally threw, uh, you know, caught the touchdown, uh, it was it was chaos in the Paulson household because it saved my rankings uh, at least. I mean, you got the twenty four yards and a touchdown. That's a decent uh, fantasy day uh, there for for Crabtree. Cooper just went bonkers. I was a couple spots high on him as well, so that was good. I I, I said he was a trade target. I think a lot of fantasy analysts felt that he's a trade target. He's just too good to be producing at the level he was producing. Derek Carr is too good of a quarterback to be producing at the level he was producing, and you'd think they would get things figured out. But the weird thing about the Raiders is, you know, I've been reading about the problems with the offense. They just don't have interesting route, con- you know, combinations and all this. And then you, and then you're in the game and you're watching these two. You know, how many times do you see two NFL receivers in the exact oh, same area? No. Uh, it's just bad. Uh, either route running, play design, um, you know, preparation for the receivers. I mean, you might see that once. Uh, a month from a team and I think we had three or four situations where there were two receivers uh, fighting for the ball no <laughs> I mean kidding. this is just not uh, you want to space the field out uh, it's true in basketball it's true in soccer it's true in uh, football you want to stretch out the defense as much as possible you don't want uh, uh, one defensive back to be able to cover two receivers or uh, two defensive backs to be in the same area to make a play uh, so that was frustrating uh, on that on that front as well. You have Marshawn Lynch just killing fantasy owners with the two carries for nine yards, and then you know sprinting faster than we've seen him sprint all year off the sideline uh, to get in the middle of a, uh, a scrum, uh, you know, grab an official shirt and get tossed in the game. And then he shows up in the stands, I guess, <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> I mean, it's such a Marshawn Lynch thing to do. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, Alex Smith just keeps playing highly efficient. This is one of those weird games to project because it's a Thursday game that, you know, on a Sunday I'd be pretty excited about in terms of scoring. But one of these Thursday games where you just don't know what you're going to get and they end up scoring 61 points. Um, Smith had a – I like this version of him. I called it version 2.0 on, tr- on Twitter where he's going downfield. Like he throws a nice deep ball and he's just – we just not have not seen this in his career – consistently going deep and having a guy like Tyree kill and his speed uh, to threaten the defense really helps in that regard. He had the six catches for 125 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Uh, We had talked about, I believe Albert Wilson stepping in for Chris Conley. Wilson struggled to get healthy for this game with a knee injury. uh, And I'm not going to take any credit for the tipped 63 yard (laughs) touchdown catch that he had because he only had two targets. He wasn't a big part of the game plan, uh, but he is out there. And, uh, uh, you know, in future games here, he might be able to, to post some good fantasy numbers for people. But it was Demarcus Robinson, I think, kind of picking up the slack there for Conley. Eight targets, uh, five catches for 69 yards. He could be useful in deeper uh, leagues, especially PPR formats. Um, uh, it looks like he's going to get uh, a significant workload uh, in this in this passing offense. And then you have Travis Kelsey. Solid game, but you would expect more, you know, with 342 yards passing and three touchdowns for Smith. He did have the one touchdown, but he only had uh, 33 yards and five targets, so it looked like the Raiders were trying to take him, a, take him away. 
Uh, and we don't even talk about Kareem Hunt uh, at this point. I think people are probably uh, grumbling about the fact that he didn't score a touchdown, but he's not going to score a touchdown every single week. Still had 117 total yards, uh, 22 total touches. So he's nothing to worry about there with, with Hunt. All right, John, let's move into some of the news and the notes for Week 7. We'll start off with Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to play in Week 7. I don't really know, you know, it, it basically his status changes by the hour, but let's just focus on from a fantasy perspective. He's going to play, so uh, I guess my question would be, at what point do owners start to pick up some of his some of the Cowboys' backups, whether it be McFadden or Alfred Morris, because you think he's Ezekiel Elliott is going to be suspended? Well, I think in shallow leagues, you could probably cut uh, Morris or McFadden if you're in a 10-team league or, and, there's, and there's quality stuff available on the waiver wire. My son's in a 12-team league, and uh, Chris Ivory um, was available on the waiver wire. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Leonard Fournette later. Um, but I cut, you know, for he and I sat down and talked about it this morning over breakfast, and he wanted to cut um, Morris for, for Ivory in case uh, Fournette doesn't play because I think Ivory will be a good play. Uh, so he's got Ezekiel Elliott on the roster, and he felt comfortable enough. And he's a nine-year-old, so he made that decision. Uh, I think in deeper leagues or when the waiver wire is a little thin, you want to still hold on to Alfred Morris and uh, Darren McFadden because you, we still don't know who's going to be the backup. Um, and Zeke is probably good for the next two weeks. Uh, I think the uh, stay that he got is good through the end of the month, 1030. So I think he's in for week seven, week eight, and then they're going to r- rule on that. Uh, heading into week nine. And at that point, he may have to serve a suspension. They may do it. They've been talking about a settlement as well. Uh, so there might be a two or three game situation going on, um, which would be less dire for Ezekiel owners. Uh, but you still want to have those, those handcuffs uh, there on the bench. Or, you know, if you're, if you're trying to play a little zero RB and get the uh, Cowboy RB one um, for a stretch of games. Uh, this offense, this running game has not been nearly as dominant as last year, so it's not quite as good a spot for Morris or McFadden if they come in. Um, but this is just one of those situations where it's up in the air. We don't know. Everything I'm reading seems like 75% chance he's going to end up playing the rest of the year. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Moving on to Andrew Luck, it seems to be the opposite for him, John. He suffered a, a setback with his shoulder. I, I imagine he's going to miss the entire season. I thought he was going to miss the entire season back in week one, but you know Jim Ursay and some of the other brass and the Colts kept suggesting that he could be ready at some point. Is it safe to drop Andrew? Yeah, Luck I think so. On? If you need the roster spot and you're trying to get yourself a, a quarterback committee to try to get you through the year, uh, and you need that roster spot, definitely. Uh, you know, with the setback, because I was kind of expecting him to come back maybe in November, like early November, but with the setback, I think we're pushing that back another couple of weeks, maybe mid. Uh, mid uh, November, but you know the fact that he has pain in his shoulder—that's not ideal at all when you have, you're coming off a of sh- shoulder surgery. So he may get to the point. I mean, the, the, the Colts are three and three right now, I believe, and if they, you know, are out of the playoff hunt in four games or getting close to being out of the playoff hunt, they're not going to rush Luck back. They're just going to call it a lost season and uh, let him heal up fully for for 2018. Aaron Rodgers, here's another question for you involving an injured quarterback. It looks like he's going to be out at least eight weeks. Maybe he returns in week 15 or week 16. Safe to drop him? I think it's safe to drop him if you're not uh, for sure going to make the playoffs, if you need that spot to – I mean, people ask me, do do I cut Aaron Rodgers? Well, it depends on several things. Who are you picking up and why are you picking them up? Uh, Are you just grabbing a guy for depth? depth? Because I do think Rodgers – 
has a decent chance to come back at this point for what we know. His surgery went well. Um, I think if the Packers are still in the playoff hunt in four or five games, then he's going to be trying to come back um, for the stretch run. Uh, we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, he might be back for the fantasy playoffs. Would you want him uh, there? Week 13 against Tampa, week 14 against Cleveland, week 15, you know, Carolina. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got the best matchup in football right now in week 14, which is a could be a do-or-die playoff game for, for a lot of folks. So um, I would try to hold on to him if you can, if, if a good opportunity in the waiver wire uh, comes up. Uh, or if you're just trying to make the playoffs, you're scrambling at quarterback to try to make the playoffs, uh, then it makes it does make sense to cut him. This is going to be probably the biggest decision for fantasy owners this week. Leonard Fournette, he had the ankle injury last week in the loss to the Rams. He remains sidelined again at Friday's practice, so he hasn't practiced all week. He did do some running on Thursday and is expected to play on Sunday, but how much can fantasy owners trust that he will play? Well, the three do not practice is, is bad. Um, it's not a good sign, but it's not an end-all, be-all. Some players, some teams are uh, allow their players to uh, mispractice all week and then come in and play on Sunday. And if this is a situation where, I mean, it doesn't Fournette doesn't need to practice in order to play well, uh, especially in a great matchup against the Colts. So the nice thing here is that uh, it's the 10, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so it's an early kickoff. We'll, we'll know ahead of time uh, whether or not he's going to play. Um, so obviously Chris Ivory is a great pickup for Fournette owners if he's available. Um, if if Fournette has to miss, then Ivory is probably going to be a top 15 play uh, this week. He's been the primary backup there, and he's looked good. He's he's always been good when he's healthy. Um, so that would be the, pri- the, the best pivot, but he may not be available on the waiver wire. Owners should have a plan ready uh, in case Fournette sits. I think that's the... Uh, the lesson that we need to to keep in mind here. And it looks like DeMarco Murray is also going to sit. Uh, speaking Thursday, Mike Malarkey admitted that uh, that Murray, who's battling a hamstring injury, isn't guaranteed to play against the Browns. What does this do for Derrick Henry in your rankings? Uh, well, I haven't taken Murray out. Right now, Murray is sitting at 18. I have Henry at uh, 21. I think if, if boy, if Murray uh, sits, I have a feeling that Derrick Henry is going to be in the top seven or eight um he'll definitely be in the top 11 i'll probably have him over carlos hyde uh at 11 uh you, you could argue with henry with Lashawn mccoy devonta freeman mark ingram i would have to take a closer look at the matchup with the with the browns right now their adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs they're 14th in that category uh but you got to figure you know 20 25 touches for for henry uh, with murray out and that's a that's a great spot for him Kelvin Benjamin's dealing with a knee injury. He returned to practice on Friday. Do you feel confident in him starting against the Bears on the road? Are you looking at other options? What do you think about Benjamin's status for Week 7? Yeah, I want to see what he actually did in practice today. I did see that he returned to practice. Is he limited? Is he, was he full? Uh, and then what are they, are they listing him as, as questionable uh, for that game? Uh, it's also an early kickoff, so that's good. If Benjamin's out, I'm going to have to downgrade uh, Cam Newton a little bit uh, and upgrade uh, Devin Funchess uh, and, and the, the uh, Russell Shepard and was it Chris Godwin or the other uh, receivers there that are the primary uh, snap getters right now. So you're you know you're looking at uh, what did I say? Chris Godwin, I said it's Curtis Samuel, uh, and Russell Shepard are the wide receiver three and four right now. So um, 
if, if Benjamin's out, those are the two guys that are going to bump in snaps. And, uh, you know, you're getting into a situation where maybe Shepard or Samuel in deep, deep, deep leagues is worth a look, maybe in DFS as a minimum play. Um, but really the, the, the winner would probably would be Funchess and maybe Ed Dixon. Devontae Parker, it doesn't look like he's going to play. He remains sidelined at Friday's practice with that ankle injury. So the guy I want to focus on is Kenny Stills. What do you think about him? I like Stills. Uh, I have him at 28 right now. Uh, this situation with Parker is a little dicey because, the, you know, it was looking really bad late yesterday, and then all of a sudden there came a report that he's feeling much better. Uh, so I'm interested to see uh, if he practices today. Uh, it looks like, oh, it just came out. He did not practice on Friday. So this is looking doubtful for him. I like Stills in this spot. He only had four targets last week, uh, but he caught a touchdown. I think he caught all four. Uh, it's a nice matchup against the Jets. Uh, Landry is a, is kind of a no-brainer play. He's probably going to see you know another 14 to 16 targets from uh, from Jay Cutler. But Stills is a is a good play as well. I have him at 28 in standard formats. I think he's a nice play. And then finally, Delaney Walker is also dealing with an injury for the Tennessee Titans. He's he was added to the Titans injury report on Thursday. Uh, he only got a limited session in. He's dealing with a calf injury. What should Delaney Walker fantasy owners do this week? Yeah, so what we we call this a mid midweek downgrade. Uh, if on Thursday or Friday uh, a player goes from full to limited and has to leave due to a, a new injury, uh, and they're usually bad signs. Uh, this is a situation with a calf injury that it could be. Calf injuries are also tricky um, in terms of how long it takes people to recover from them. Uh, but this, if this is minor and he's back at practice on Friday, then he's probably okay. He probably just has a sore calf and uh, needed some rest. But if he's out today and they list him as questionable, then I would consider him uh, very questionable to uh, start on Sunday. Uh, the Titans play uh, uh, early. So that's another situation where owners are going to have to have a plan B ready at tight end. Janu Smith is not a bad you know, plug-and-play there. Uh, given the matchup, the, the, the Browns are 32nd, last in the league, and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So if, if Walker's out, then Smith's going to probably rise into my top 15. All right, in a minute, John will hand out his sneaky starts for Week 7, but I want to tell you about Draft. It's not too late to download the highest-rated fantasy football app. It is called Draft. You can play in real live snake drafts, but be done in under five minutes, and they last for just one week. So drafts start every couple of minutes, so make sure that you get in before Week 7 kicks off in a couple of days. And actually, Week 7 has already kicked off, but Sunday's games are rapidly approaching. The best part, you can play for cold, hard cash, and your chances of winning are actually 80% better than on those salary cap sites. All new players get free entry into our real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code. It's 4 for 4 That's right. You can play in a real money game for free just for just for using our promo code 4 for 4 That's the number 4, F-O-R, number 4. It gets even better with draft. They're so sure that you're going to love it that they're offering our listeners here at the Most Accurate Podcast a money-back guarantee of up to $100. All you have to do is search for draft in your app store, Go to draft.com uh, if you want to go that avenue and make sure you play for free right now using our promo code 4 for 4 Sneaky starts. John, you were you were raving about Brett Hundley before the podcast. You're so in on Brett Hundley, it's not even funny, and you list him as one of your sneaky starts for Week 7. Well, I mean, we don't need to go overboard. I hope, as a Packer fan, I'm hopeful that he's <laughs> able to uh, keep, the, keep the team in games and uh, make plays when – they're needed. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He, uh, he, he, looking at his college stats, reading up on his, 
you know, the, the college profiles, scouting profiles, um, you know, it seemed like, you know, he's, he's got sort of a Tyrod Taylor uh, athleticism profile in terms of his running ability. So he's about as good as Ty- Taylor as a runner, but he's a much better passer. Um, I, I, I think I quoted some, um, some stats on the previous pod, but I'll go through them again. In three preseasons with the Packers, he's completed 98 of 148 passes, 66.2%. Uh, for 7.97 yards per attempt. So <clears throat> I know there's listeners out there going, well, 7.97 yards per attempt in the preseason is like no big deal. But then I pulled all the preseason stats for all the teams um, today. And the yards per attempt for this year was 6.60. And the current uh, yards per attempt uh, for the season is 7.1. So it's about a half a yard per attempt difference uh, from preseason to Regular season, which makes sense because your good quarterbacks that are going to have the high, high yards per uh, yards per attempt are not playing in the preseason. But the fact that Hundley averaged almost eight yards per attempt in the preseason is nothing to sneeze at, as they say. Uh, he had a 6.8 a touchdown uh, rate, uh, 6.8%, 1.4% interception rate, so that's pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, I think you, you brought him in in a tough situation in Minnesota, you know, the, the team is in shock with uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, having to leave the game. Everybody's worried about him. Is, is the season over? And it's just a tough situation for Henley to come in and have a lot of success, especially when it gets a really good defense. Uh, the Saints are better than they have been in years past, but they're still a pretty good matchup for a quarterback. The game is at home. He's had a full week now to prepare. And, uh, you know, he's been in the system for two-plus years, two-and-a-half years with the Packers. Uh, Mike McCarthy showed absolutely no willingness to add a quarterback or find some, you know, find somebody off the street to start uh, when asked about Colin Kaepernick coming in and starting, which I don't think is a bad idea as a uh, backup. Uh, but as the, I think, I think McCarthy is very sold on Brett Hundley as a very capable uh, fill in starter. And I think this is a good spot for him uh, in a short week with a couple teams on by, uh, I have him ranked 11th. Uh, I was, I did have him at 10, but uh, with Marcus Mariota, uh, looking good and looking more like himself. I increased his rushing yards a little bit. He moved ahead of Hundley, but I think uh, you know, in a, in a spot against the the Saints at home, this is a this is a this is a this, he's gonna. I think he's gonna produce. And uh, I'm out on a limb a little bit in my rankings, but I I, I, I believe in it. And uh, let's go with it. What do you think, Anthony? You think it, was that enough? <laughs> was that enough of a sales pitch there? I I, I listen. I like it. Um, Brent Hundley's an interesting guy. I know coming out of UCLA, there was a, a lot of draft nicks that thought he would go early in that draft. And um, I was telling you before the podcast, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to some scouts when the Rams were still in St. Louis. Uh, the, the Rams were interested in a quarterback, and I wanted to kind of get the feel on Brett Hundley. And the, the, the major takeaway that I that I got was or from scouts was that he was way too raw. But that doesn't mean that he can't develop. And he certainly is big enough. He's got a good arm. We'll see how much he's learned watching Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of years. Um, I think what's interesting about the Packers is they run so many formations under Mike McCarthy, but that's when Aaron Rodgers is is under center. Um, so I wonder how much they're going to scale back the offense and, and kind of rely on that running game. But ultimately, John, I believe in you, and I believe in your rankings. So I'm all in. If you tell me Brett Hundley's going to take the Packers to the Super Bowl, and I think you just did, oh. uh, I'm in too. Yeah, of course you put words <laughs> in my mouth. The <laughs> – you know, listeners might be familiar with Matt Waldman, and uh, he does long write-ups on uh, 
on all the college players, you know, coming, you know, during draft season. And I went back and read his and he basically, um, you know, he picked Hundley over uh, Marcus Mariota, if I read his article correctly. So I think he put a first first round grade on him. Uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Uh, but, you know, if you go back and you search Brett Hundley, Matt Waldman, read his write-up, um, it's very appealing. And then I, I was like, okay, well, where did the Packers take him? I was thinking maybe it was the third round. I couldn't remember. And then he ended up getting, they ended up getting him in the fifth round, which is surprising. So um, we we shall see. I think I think last week is you got to give him a pass on that, and then we'll see how he does this week. And then he'll have the bye uh, in uh, week eight. Uh, so two weeks to prepare there for, for the Lions, and uh, we'll see how he does. We'll move on. Your sneaky starts, your running backs this week. You got a couple. Let's start off with Deion Lewis. And you know I hate this because the Patriots are playing my Falcons on Sunday night. Yeah, and it's a good matchup. I'm sorry to say that the uh, <laughs> the Falcons are 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, Deion Lewis has been seeing more and more work uh, for, the, for the Patriots. And <clears throat> Mike Gillisley fumbled famously last week, and he did see – some carries after that. Uh, he, I think he fumbled late in the first quarter and didn't see any carries until the third quarter. Um, but what was kind of lost in that was that Lewis got the start. Uh, he, you know, was in on in the first drive. And I think what we've seen now is that maybe Lewis is ahead of Gillisley and certainly the fumble is going to help that. So, you know, Lewis had 11 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown. Uh, against the Jets, against the Buccaneers, he uh, rushed seven times for 53 yards, 7.6 yards per uh, attempt, um, two catches for 10 yards. And this is not a, a guy that's kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, heading into last season, he was fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, he thought he was going to start, and then the uh, the injury happened. And uh, so now he's, you know, he was back to fourth on the depth chart behind Burkhead, Gillisley, and James White. But as we can see with the Patriots, things change quickly. I think this is a good matchup. He probably sees uh, 10 to 13 touches and is pretty productive against your Falcons. Orleans Darkwa had a really nice game last week against Denver, rushed for over 100 yards. Maybe the Giants finally have found their running game a little bit, although it was only one week. Uh, talk to us about the Orleans Darkwa matchup against Seattle, who struggled against the run this year. Yeah, and normally we'd be like, no, this is a bad matchup against Seattle, and this is a terrible run offense and, and all that. But if you look at Dart, what Darkwa has done, uh, he's he's averaging 5.7 yards per attempt on the season. He averaged 5.6 against the, the Broncos. and So before that, he averaged 8.6, uh, 8 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown against the Chargers. Um, 3 for 17 against Detroit, 3 for 14 against Dallas. These are all solid outings get, given the workload that he's been, been getting. Um, Seattle is 11th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. They are allowing uh, the seventh most rushing yards per game. Uh, they are allowing the third most yards per carry per game, 4.9. Uh, so this is not a bad spot for Darkwa. And with Paul Perkins being ruled out, uh, it looks like he will be the primary back and he'll be spelled by uh, Wayne Gallman and uh, Shane Vereen in the passing game. So it's not a bad spot for, uh, for Darkwa. Wide receiver, you have Benny Fowler listed that I imagine that's because Emmanuel Sanders uh, is going to miss a couple of weeks potentially for the Denver Broncos. Talked about him. Talked about Fowler playing opposite Demarius Thomas. Yeah, he played 75% of the snaps last week, which is a season high with, with Sanders hurting. He had eight targets. He only had three catches for 21 yards against the Giants, but 
uh, you know, this is a better matchup against the Chargers. You know, the primary focus of the defense will be stopping Demarius Thomas, who had a huge game last week. So I think he could sneak in and have a nice uh, game. He did have the two touchdowns uh, against the Chargers in week one. So I don't know if the Chargers will forget about him, uh, but they might mark that up to uh, variance or, you know, flash in the pan type of a situation. But he's been productive when he's had opportunities in the past. And he had seven targets against Buffalo at four catches for 55 yards. Um, he also had a touchdown in, back in 2000, uh, 2016 against the Chargers, three catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown against on seven targets against the Chargers. So he does tend to uh, have good games against the Chargers. I think this is a good spot for him, too. And then finally, this, this one intrigues me. You have George Kittle written down as one of your sneaky starts for your tight end. And what's interesting about that is, you know, he was drafted two, two rounds after new rookie quarterback C.J. Beathard and those two played at Iowa together, so you're looking maybe for uh, some some good chemistry between the two rookies, John. Yeah, and well, look at what Kittle's done. And Kittle's kind of a hot name in the preseason. He started off slow. He had five catches for two, 27 yards in week one, two for 13 in week two, one for eight in week three, two for 35 in week four. So he's just been, you know, he's been playing 80, 90 percent of the snaps most games. And then uh, Indianapolis, seven for 83. And a touchdown on nine targets in week five, playing only 56% of the snaps, but then he turned around against Washington, playing 92% of the snaps, four for 46 with eight targets. So 17 targets in uh, the last two weeks. I think that's the main reason here. And we're looking at a game where Dallas is probably going to, to lead uh, their 14th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So it's not a bad uh, matchup there either uh, I think I have Kittle at 14 or 15 in standard so he's a solid uh, streaming player this week all right that's all the time we have for you today you can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John you can follow me as well at Anthony Salter we will be back on Monday to break down all the injury situations around the National Football League John also does a good job trying to make sense of the latest RBBC situations and then we got a really good monday night football game for you between the redskins and the eagles so we'll take a little look ahead of that uh to that game as well on monday for the time being though good luck in all your fantasy leagues and uh we hope you join us again on monday that'll do it for the most accurate podcast Get the cool